Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. This is Computer Talk with Tab, hosted by Eric Semmel of Tab Computer Systems. Interact with Eric and his guest by phone at 522-WTIC or 1-800-966-WTIC. Email them in the studio at gethelpattabinc.com or get help anytime at computertalkwithtab.com. Now, here's Eric. And good morning. This is Computer Talk with Tab. I'm Eric. And I'm Bob. And Bob is Bob Shorey, one of the MCSEs here at Tab. He comes in and helps me out with your computer problems, comments, questions, and concerns. Feel free to get online. It's a lovely Saturday morning here in New England. And I uh, feel it's a great time to cuddle up with your computer and uh, have any of your issues hopefully solved if we can do it. Uh, feel free to get online, 800-966-WTIC-522-WTIC. And uh, we'll do our best. Also, we're broadcasting live over on WTIC's Facebook page. And uh, so you can check us out there and uh, ha- you know, put in a comment or a question or just say hello. Let us know where you're, where you're watching us from. It's kind of neat. Um, but as usual and customary, Bob, we got some news, right? Oh, yes, we do. What you got? Okay, first one. Yeah. Google Fiber rolls out insanely fast, 2 gigabits per second. That's pretty fast. Service in two lucky cities. Right. The company tested service in the Nashville, Tennessee, and Huntsville, Alabama uh, uh, earlier this year. Yeah. Google Fiber has made its 2 gigabits per second service widely available in Nashville, Tennessee, and Huntsville, Alabama, the company said Thursday. Fiber conducted tests in those areas earlier this year. Mm-hmm. New and existing fiber customers in Nashville and Huntsville can choose either 1 gigabit speed. per second speed for $70 a month. There we go. Okay. That's the right Or price. 2 gigabit service for 140 Drum roll, please. $100 a month. Oh, my gosh. What a deal. Two gigabits per second for yeah. 100 bucks. That's insane. That's the way it should be, folks. That's <laughs> what, because we can't get access to our polls. We can't get. We can't have nice things, especially up here in North New England. Come on, you know why would why would we ever expect to have any kind of technology? Well, com- Tennessee, of course, and Alabama—that's where you expect technology, right, folks? Well, yeah. <laughs> Come on, we got to protect our monopolies here in Connecticut. Unbelievable, <laughs> unbelievable. Hundred okay. bucks, two gigabit speeds for a hundred bucks. See, it says the. Uh, you don't need that much speed, by the way, but it is awesome. Well, yeah. <laughs> for business, it's amazing. Yeah, uh, well, for your home it's use, for. it's insane. The two gigabit service comes with Google Fiber multi gig router, which uses Wi Fi 6, which is new technology that's just coming out, by the way. All right. Okay. Uh, Google Fiber launched in 2010 with one gigabit speeds and now provides internet service in more than a dozen U.S. cities. Yep. Customers who aren't in Huntsville or Nashville, or Nashville can sign up to test two gigabit service through the company's trusted tester program. Nice. I wonder if they uh, 
you can get it here in Connecticut. No, no, I don't no, no. think come so. On, come on, come on. <laughs> no. uh, in other news, uh, we've talked about H-1B visas before, and it looks like our government is going to sue Facebook for allegedly discriminating against, yes, you guess it, U.S. workers. Of course, they don't want U.S. workers working at Facebook, and they're gonna, they actually discriminate and try to go after the H-1B visa folks. Of course, the H-1B visa folks are also become indentured servants, and that's why Facebook does it. Um, for some crazy reason, Facebook says they can't find U.S. workers for jobs of, that have an annual salary of $156,000 a year. Somehow they can't find people, Bob, not U.S. citizens that could, would want those jobs. It's impossible. Don't know how they're doing it, but they can't find it. And so they go and uh, bring in the H-1B visas. But, of course, they make it very difficult for you to apply for these types of jobs. <laughs> well, you know, there's always something. <laughs> they have to use a process called PERM. It's a, it's a process that requires employers to certify that there are no qualified, none, zero, U.S. workers for positions given to temporary visa holders. Uh, and the government complains that Facebook, which makes its money from web advertising, as we know, does not advertise these positions to U.S. staff on its internal websites. They don't even tell their own people these jobs are available. $156,000 uh, average salary. Here's an example. An example, Bob, of one of the jobs that you could have gotten well, you can't get at Facebook because you're a U.S. citizen. <laughs> <laughs> the the example is art director. Art director. Guess what you need for qualifications as this art director, Bob? A bachelor's degree and two years of experience. But, of course, in America, that's impossible to find. <laughs> no, no, nobody. <laughs> I mean, you could bump into every uh, barista in Boston who's got a bachelor's degree, and she's not using it for, for what it was intended for. But she's there's a lot of coffee. people in this country that are working, you know, entry level jobs that are highly, highly, highly educated, trained, highly exactly. educated, and yeah. that's why this is so disgusting. Um, well, you know, it's obviously they're not being truthful. Correct. <laughs> Facebook. <laughs> hmm. Real surprise there. So they're they're finally getting, hopefully, the government's finally getting serious about this and is going to go after Facebook and, and other companies who are abusing H-1B visa status. Again, these foreign workers, the reason these companies want them is when they come in through the visa system, they are locked in. And many times, you can read the article. I'll put it out there for you. They can be locked in in this position for decades. Now, Americans like to change jobs. I mean, unlike me, um, Americans like to change jobs all, all often, and they want to be mobile. And, and in this case, if you're an H-1B visa holder, you're stuck. You're stuck in this position. I mean, it's going to be a good position, maybe, but you can't make any changes. And that's what Facebook wants, uh, the indentured servitude of an H-1B visa person. Um, and they're getting out of their countries to better their lives. Good for them. But there's tons of American citizens well, that could use this job. I would also argue that. What was it? One hundred fifty-six thousand. One hundred and fifty-six thousand dollar average salary, and they okay. couldn't find any Americans to that take these jobs. That goes to the company that provides the worker, but the worker, the may indentured service, didn't get that. They may that not money. get that. Yeah, that's that's not part of the story, but that is part of the problem that we've heard about. I'll put this link up here for you guys. You can read it for yourself. What else you got, Bob? Okay, uh, I don't know. I got so many; it's hard to choose. All right, all right. So, this was technology in nineteen forty-five. It was the, you know, basically the best encryption at the time. Right. You remember with the movie uh, that was inspired by uh, Apple, actually, but and, uh, the guy that uh, built the first supercomputer to be able to break the Enigma code. Oh well, no. The truth of it is, is was it was actually banned banned people. 
the military bands broke the Enigma code. Believe it or not, and I saw this in the movie. Um, what was that movie? Where was that big battle over the uh, in the Pacific? Um, I can't think of the name of the battle. Midway. Midway. Thank you. So during that battle, for some reason I can't recall in the movie, they actually had to like sh- shutter the bands, and so the bands had nothing to do. And they put them in charge of breaking the codes. They were huge code breakers, and they broke the code. Uh, and that, this is all new information that was never really brought up. And it's brought up in that new Midway movie. Watch it. If you're a band person, watch it. It's pretty cool. Now, this article might have additional information. Well, no, it breakers. really doesn't. But what oh, it, okay. It's about the Enigma machine. Yeah. So it says, divers retrieve Enigma code machine the Nazis sank in the Baltic Sea in 1945. Neat. yeah. It looks like a... Has a picture of it online. Yeah. It looks like rusty lasagna, but it was once delivered. But rusty it once lasagna. delivered German military secrets. Yeah. Okay. After seventy-five years under the waves of the Baltic Sea, it looks like a rusty lasagna or, <laughs> or a deep-fried typewriter. There we go. It, it looks like a deep-fried typewriter. That makes more sense. A rare Enigma cipher machine yeah. used by the Nazis during World War II has been retrieved from its watery home by German divers searching for discarded fishing nets. It's been donated to the archaeological museum Schloss Gotthoff in Germany. Cool. So the underwater archaeologist Florian Huber at first thought the group had found a typewriter. Sure. He told Reuters. 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 (laughs) (laughs) Reuters. Reuters. I can't help tripping over that one. That's okay. It believed that the crews (laughs) of 50 German U-boats scuttled their ships and destroyed their Enigma machines in May 1945, shortly before the country's surrender. That's okay. The band guys, we banned people. We took care of it. We deciphered the code. If you don't believe me, watch that the latest Midway movie, the most current one, and you'll see what I'm talking about. So, as shown in the CNET video above, yeah. so you'll have to go and click on the link to watch this. Right. Enigma machines were used by the German military to encrypt communications. Yep. Typing on the machine illuminates an alternate letter, which is then used in its place in the coded message. There are 26 settings that determine which letter lights up when the machine is used. Right. A plug board is added or adds extra security by swapping letters with any letter the operator chooses. Very cool. So, yeah, and there's more. But, yeah, it's pretty cool. All right, we'll put the link out there for you guys. So we're going to be here until 11 o'clock during this nor'easter, and it's looking pretty nasty out the window we're looking at here in the hermetically sealed studios here in, in uh, East Hartford, Connecticut. Uh, but feel free to get online, 800-966-WTIC, 522-WTIC, and we will do our best to help you out with your computer problems, comments, questions, and concerns. Everything we talk about, all the news articles we talk about are posted live by Mike G over at computertalkwithtab.com or on our Facebook page. We'll be right back. And we are back. This is Computer Talk with Tab. Feel free to get online. I know it's a lovely day out there today, and a nor- little bit of a nor'easter hitting us. Uh, 800-966-WTIC, 522-WTIC. And Bob and I will do our best to help you out with your computer problems, comments, questions, and concerns. Let's go to your calls. You're nice enough to join us. We're going to go to Manchester first. And Mitch, what's going on, Mitch? Hey, guys. Good morning. Thanks for your time. Beautiful day, as always. Yes. Um a little bit of meat and potatoes for you, maybe, to start the day. I have an older Dell desktop, uh-huh. and I was trying to put a PCI Express graphics card in it, Yeah. but Windows 10 is not detecting it. And yeah. I will jump ahead a little bit by telling you that the machine has onboard graphics, and there's no switch anywhere in the BIOS to disable that. 
Okay. Generally, are we sure the board even has a PCI Express slot? Yes. Okay, we're certain of that, too. Because generally, when you put that card in there, it'll disable the onboard video for you. Oh, okay. Generally speaking. Yeah. And you're sure the card's good? No. no I'm not, I, I don't have a w- way to test it, really. Um, it was an eBay deal. The guy said it was tested and works fine. but mm. um, So, no, I can't confirm can't confirm that. Check your power, too. Um, video graphics cards need enough juice, and if your power supply is maybe underpowering the card, that could be part of your problem. In the old days, with older machines, you had to make sure they had a good 500-plus watt power supply. Oh, okay. Any other thoughts, Bob? Well, there may be an extra cable on it for the additional power that it needs for power that may not have come with the package if it was an open box or something right. like that. Yeah. All right. So well, you can yeah, go online. Maybe that's it, because I said it's older, and it, it's almost like a mini, but not really. So it, it probably doesn't have much of a power supply. You know, it's not like a tower by any means. It's just a little, like a compact machine, kind of. Yeah, so go look at the actual graphics card itself and the yep. model of it, and go look to see if you can find anything on the Internet that talks about its requirements, and it could note power requirements. Okay. Sounds good. All right. Thank you. My pleasure, sir. All right, bye. Bye-bye. Um, yeah, it is an issue. Um, you really got to be sure. Oh, let me put, let me bring back. Huh. Sorry, uh, Facebook guys. I forgot to put you guys back. I forgot to push the button. Um, it is important to have that Dell, uh, that, that power supply to be able to power that video card, um, properly. And of course you have to have the right slot. Um, you know, you never know if you're sticking the card in there and you're not getting all your, all your, uh, teeth to kind of meld up on the, uh, on the card itself. Why don't you, Bob, why don't you hit refresh to see if there's anybody else on the, on the board here. Yep, there we go. We're going to go to uh, Joe in Tallinn next. What's going on, Joe? Hey, good morning. Morning. Hey, I wouldn't know what I'd do without you guys every Saturday morning. You're so great. Well, thank you. I got, you, you can you send an email to my wife? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure she wants you to stay at home and do honeydew stuff for her. <laughs> so what can we do for you? Hey, listen, uh, I, had a, I had a laptop that the motherboard burned out. I took out the solid-state drive that has Windows 10 operating system and all my programs. Mm-hmm. Is there any way I can take that and make it a boot drive and just plug it into another laptop? Well, it is a boot drive by default when it has the uh, Windows 10 operating system on it. Okay, so I just have to put a USB cable on it and convert it? Um, so you want to make it an external uh, boot device is what you're saying. You're not going to yeah. put it inside the machine? Yes. Well, then you'd have to tell the machine to, uh, within its, its bias to use that device as a boot device i'm not sure yeah you can use the usb yeah you can you can uh, use it and set it as the first boot device yeah okay fantastic okay now what if i wanted to just put it i just have to just plug it in a new laptop right well that's not as easy right so the configuration of your ssd card uh, your ssd hard drive is based on the old system that it was in right and you just can't stick its brain into a new body Okay. All right. It's going to say, you know, the operating system is going to have all sorts of drivers for the video card, the sound, the motherboard. That was part of the old machine that failed, and it's not going to necessarily work that well with the new um, hardware guts that you've got um, on the new machine. So you're going to have to try to do some updates. You're going to, you, may, you can try it, and the system might try to do some uh, driver updates and configuration updates to try to to try to see if it can figure out where it's where it is it's going to be a disembodied hard drive so to speak and it's going to try to figure out what it's in it's going to try to update its own drivers and say oh i'm now in an hp it wasn't a i wasn't a lenovo you know those are two different machines so it's it causes you 
Okay. Does that mean? Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Okay, great. That's uh, good news, in fact. But uh, to utilize that hard drive, I just have to configure the, another laptop to make this one a boot drive. Correct. So wherever you put it, you're gonna put, if you're going to put it inside the laptop, by default, it'll be an automatic boot drive because it's already a Windows 10 operating system. If you try to make it into a, a portable external USB device, you have to tell the BIOS to boot from the USB device first. Okay, fantastic. When, you guys are so good. <laughs> well, let us know how it works out for you, Joe. You know, I will. I'll tell you the truth because this has been a worry of mine with all the data on there and everything, you know. All right. You guys have a wonderful right. day, and enjoy the nor'easter coming in when you get out of work. And uh, thank you again. You're welcome, Joe. Bye. Bye-bye. So, yeah, I mean, you just can't necessarily move things around and hope they're going to work perfectly. You know, they, sometimes they work perfectly, and sometimes they don't. Let's go to Rit and Meriden next. What's going on, Rit? Hey, good morning, guys. Thanks for taking my call. Our pleasure. Hey, um, I, I, have, I have an issue at home. I have uh, Frontier Internet. Um, uh-huh. I pay for 12 meg. Uh, we stream. Um, we uh, we have somewhat of a mesh network now, I guess you could call it. I have the Frontier router, but then I have a couple, I guess you would call them repeaters, that I just kind of acquired along the way, and they're set up. I always have an inter- intermittent spot in the kitchen for some reason. It's a small house. It's a cape. Uh, mm-hmm. We do have TVs all over the place, and we stream. Um, yeah. So I guess and the kids are always complaining. Uh, Dad, you know, the game isn't working well. Or, Dad, my Wi-Fi stinks up here. I was thinking, I don't think it's the Internet per se. I'm thinking it's more of my interior network, if you will. Um, hmm. I'm just thinking I'm not. I'm thinking possibly the, the intermittent spots in the kitchen that I'm having are maybe a, 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 the repeater maybe competing with the, the router and maybe it's kind of switching back and forth in there. Hmm. And I was thinking i don't know i'll throw this out at you while i'm on a roll here i was thinking about going to possibly the uh google uh mesh network maybe uh, you know with their router and maybe one repeater it seems like they get good reviews and that they cover a lot of area so right. i don't know what do you think well we're gonna we're coming up against a hard break right and i do want to cover this I with you hold. so can we put you we can put you hold good we're going to put you back on hold and we'll yeah, talk hold. about what what you should do um with your your issue there because i don't think it's just the mesh network. I think 12 megabits is part of his problem. But we're going to be here until 11 o'clock. We'll get back to RIT after the news. Feel free to get online, 800-966-WTIC, 522-WTIC are the numbers. And, of course, we're on Facebook Live, you know. As long as uh, Zuckerberg is discriminating against H1 American workers, you can go ahead and watch us talk about him on his own platform, unless he censors us, which could happen. Everything we talk about will be posted on our Facebook page. And if you like Tab Computer Systems and, and Zuckerberg deems the newsworthy, I don't think that one story we're going to get through, <laughs> it'll show up on your Facebook news feed. And uh, we'll be right back. We are back. Little Gary Hoey, right in your spirits, hopefully. And uh, let's get right back to your calls. This is Computer Talk with Tab. We were on with Rit in Meriden. You still there, Rit? 
Yes, I am. Awesome. So real quick, um, 12 megabits is, is, is your internet speed from Frontier, correct? Correct. I'm getting about 15 when I okay. do a uh, you know, speed test. All right. So part of your problem is that 15 megabits of speed, unfortunately, is not much um, for a family of it sounds like you have a couple of kids and, and you're streaming and you're doing all sorts of stuff on that network, correct? Right. Yeah. And it's funny, though, you know, I, I thought the same thing. I'm, I'm in the I'm in the industry. I, I kind of work on this kind of stuff, too. So but it always seems like the streaming stuff works pretty good. You know, I, I once in a while I get a little buffer wheel or whatever when I'm using, uh, you know, the Roku, I got the YouTube TV and I'll get a little buffer wheel here and there. But for the most yeah. part, it works pretty good most of the time. And the only complaints I ever really get are really from the kids, you know? Right. Well, I'll give you kudos for producing a network internally that is able to maximize 15 megabits of bandwidth. So you've done a good job there generally. Um, but the kids will complain because they're, they're definitely consuming more Internet than you're able to provide them. Okay. Now, I assume you're using the 2.4 gigahertz bandwidth um, SSID for your wireless configurations? Yeah, I, I, I believe I have them set up that way. Yeah. Okay, that'll get you the most reach within Range. your home. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, so you're good there. As far as your kitchen, if you want to try the Google Mesh network, you're welcome to do so. Um, but I don't think your kids are going to stop complaining. You're... Your issue it really is is twelve megabits. Um, okay. They're streaming stuff. They're playing, you know, online gaming. How old are your kids? Uh, sixteen and twenty. Oh, what? Okay, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were gonna tell me like eighth eighth grade level. Sixteen no, and twenty year olds no. are consuming more internet than you can dream of. Yeah, I, I like I said, you know, I guess maybe I'm 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 kind of. I guess maybe I'm blinded by the fact that I'm streaming my shows and, and my yeah. wife is streaming the shows and we're watching two different TVs at the same time and everything yep. looks like it's going okay. And, yeah. you know, and I'm like, well, you know, it's, it's, it's just them complaining. It's only their games. What do I care? <laughs> well, right. And it, obviously, if you've got a 20-year-old, you're not looking to make it better for them to stay home, are you? No. As a matter of fact, he's away <laughs> in college most of the time, but with yeah. everything going on now, he's home. So, yep. I know. You know. Uh, so, so what so, are you paying for 12 megabits of Frontier? Not paying much. That that's the good part about it is that good. with Frontier, at least you could just buy the internet. You don't have to bundle anything with it. And I'm only paying probably around forty dollars. And I'm guessing my wife takes care of most of the bills, but I think it's around forty dollars a month. All right, double check with her because you'd be surprised. They they tend to creep things up on the costs. You know, not not yeah. not your wife, but Frontier, and check right. to see if you can get cable service or GoNet Speed or an alternative um, in your area because. That's the only way to do it, and I don't think Frontier can do much to increase the speed. Even if you doubled the speed, your your kids are still going to complain. There's not enough bandwidth. Um, oh, okay. You know, you want to get at least 50, 60, maybe 70 megabytes of bandwidth is really all you need. Uh, you don't need these 300 megabit or even gigabit or any right. of that crazy speeds, Overkill. as, you've, yeah, as yeah. you've proven, because you know the business. Yeah. But you're, yeah. you're really eking out a lot with that little 12 meg connection. Yeah, okay. So... So, so you're saying it's, it's I gotta get, uh, I gotta get up around. You're saying fifty, sixty up around there. You really do. Fifty to sixty should at least stop their complaining, um, because they get plenty of bandwidth then to do their gaming, um, and streaming and all the fun things they want to do on the internet. Um, right. But again, kudos to you for making it work with twelve and fifteen. That's well, that just fact, proves it hasn't been that bad for us. Yeah. So. And, and you and you prove my point that you don't need a lot of internet. So if and when the kids are all moved out, 
you you and your wife only need 30 megabits, 15 megabits. You've proven so it. For a small, so for a small home, too, it's, it's not a big home. I mean, we I don't know, maybe about 2,200 square feet total. Yeah. Um, it, 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 I guess the routers that are provided should take care of it as long as you have it in a good spot. Right. I mean, if you if you put it centrally located in your on your first floor, it should yeah. cover that whole area pretty well. Right. right. Um, okay. Adding another you know, repeaters. You know, Bob was we were talking a little off air about repeaters versus a mesh network. A repeater just chucks the signal a little further to a, another device that tries to repeat the signal. Um, right. That actually degrades the signal. But you're only at, already at 12 megabits or 15 megabits. What's left to degrade? Right. right, you quit. Exactly. You can't go much slower um, than you're yeah. doing. So you could have the be- most amazing network in there. Your your kids are still going to complain because the bandwidth is so poor. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's geez, that's my contention. Like I got to get a lot more then. So okay. Yeah, Christmas right. is coming. That's an easy. It's an easy gift. Hey, kids, I upgraded the internet. I mean, come on. <laughs> I think we bought them enough already. <laughs> good, good suggestion, though. So, all right. Well, hey, I thank I thank you guys. I listen to you all the time. You guys got a great show. I appreciate your help. Thank you for calling, Rick. We appreciate All it. All right. Too. Have a good one. You Thanks. too. Bye-bye. All right. So he really makes the point that we've been making here on Computer Talk for I don't know how many years uh, that you don't need a lot of bandwidth to have good success. I mean, the, the Internet companies are always going to try to tell you you need to buy more bandwidth. You need to buy more bandwidth. And, you know, you'll have people who have got 100 megabit connect, uh, bandwidth from the Internet providers, and they're going to try to sell you more. Well, that's not your issue. I, uh, Rich has just proven that he can get pretty good results with 15 megabits. He still needs more bandwidth because he really does. 15 is really, it's like a little trickle of water. You know, it's like a, a drippy hose worth of internet coming in there. But it's getting there and it's working generally. So he really sets the stage for, for folks understanding bandwidth. You don't need more than, let's say, 50, 60, 70 megabits even um, to be very happy. As long as your internal network is configured properly, so that the cable companies and everybody will first go to say you need more bandwidth, and if you're already chugging along at 100 megabits, that's not your problem. It's your internal network that's the problem. It's your router. It's your Wi-Fi. Those devices do need to be upgraded as you get smarter devices. Right? They're going to demand more internet, more performance, and they can also connect at higher speeds. So you got to keep that in mind. Let's go on to your calls. We're going to go to Peter and Simsbury next. What's going on, Peter? Peter, are you there? I am here. What's going on, sir? I have a Dell laptop computer, and when I go to start it up and push the power button, the light on the power button comes on, and then nothing happens. Mm. And then in the front, there's that little light um, for the recharging, well, when you're charging it. Yep. It comes up with some white and amber blink codes. Oh, boy. What do I do? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what you do. Uh, hang on. Let's see How old is do. it? It's uh, like six months out of warranty, like maybe five years old. I know it's time for a new one, but yeah. they're hard to come by now. So They are really hard to come by. It's ridiculous. I, I was even reading stories that the um, vaccine for the COVID vaccine is going to actually displace space on airplanes for laptops, believe that it or not. That would make sense. Well, yeah, with what? UPS, they're not shipping Nike sneakers and stuff. So no, um, so there, believe it or not, there are blink codes here. Um, this is a, I'm looking at a latitude 7480, and it's got amber and so it's two amber and then four white. Do you know what what uh, you're blinking is? This is this is it. Almost seems like two codes because it goes. I think it's amber then white. I don't know how many numbers, and then it pauses, and then it's another set of codes. It's almost like um, a Morse code. All right, yeah. Um, 
Yeah, so there's a whole blinking pattern that these dinglings that Adele decided to do. In the old days, we used audible patterns, um, and now it looks like they're using visual patterns, which has got to be hard. I can't hear very well. It's good, but it's hard to discern <laughs> blinks. I mean, ay ay ay. Um, so it could be a mixture. So we can put a link here up on the Dell Latitude, uh, but you, is, yours is not a latitude necessarily, right? I don't believe so. Okay, but at least it could give you a clue because I would suspect that Dell would use, if they were smart, the same codes across the same laptops. Wouldn't it make sense? Uh, yeah, but... I know, I know, but it's true. <laughs> um, but it, it does show you that if you have two ambers and a white, you have a CPU problem. If you have two ambers and two whites, you have a bias ROM problem. If you have two ambers and three whites, you have a memory problem. I mean, it's good luck trying to figure that out. Um, if you're colorblind, you're in big trouble. But... Uh, there is a bunch of these uh, these codes broken down for you that we'll put a link up here for you to look at. I would bet you, I would bet you that they did use the same codes on on all their laptops. Why they wouldn't would be crazy. But then again, you're okay, right. So they well, th rainy day will give me something to do. Exactly, and uh, obviously plug in an external monitor too to see if there's an issue with, with your video because three ambers and two whites is a video problem. Okay, that's a good one. I will, like I said, I will research it and see if I can drive myself crazy. Good luck, Peter. Have a great weekend. You too. Bye. Bye. That's easy to do in this business. Yeah, drive yourself crazy? Yes. Yeah, I know. I mean, you would think. I mean, I guess you couldn't. You can't trust any of these manufacturers as far as you can throw them, but I would hope they would use the same codes across all their devices. So we're going to be here till 11 o'clock. Feel free to get online, 800-966-WTIC, 522-WTIC. Everything we've talked about is posted live over at computertalkwithtab.com. It's the name of the show.com, which also works. And if you are on our Facebook feed, I'll do my best to keep pushing the right button. Sorry for that last segment, guys. Um, we are live over at WTIC's Facebook page, and Bob and I and all of our geeky glory uh, are here. If you want to check us out, make a, go ahead and put a comment, say hello from wherever you're watching. That's great to see. Uh, but we are here till 11, and uh, right now lines are wide open. So feel free to get online during the break. We'll be right back. And we are back. This is Computer Talk with Tab. And we are here until 11 o'clock. Bob, is anybody on the line? We can't really tell until you hit no, that. No, there's button. nobody on the line. We're going to have to talk about our kids. Oh, boy. Sorry about that. <laughs> Feel free to get online, 800-966-WTIC, 522-WTIC, and we'll do our best to help you out with your computer comments, questions, and concerns. Last week, as we wait for your calls, we'll talk about some technology news. Last week, we talked about a productivity tool from Microsoft 365. Uh, it was a tool that they were able to kind of watch their watch your employees productivity you know track how much you know bob how many emails he sent how many how many texts he sent and wherever he's dealing with with 365 could be tracked specifically by employee and believe it or not everybody freaked out basically uh on december 1st they decided to take away the individuality of the productivity score doesn't mean it's not there just means they're not going to necessarily have the tool running right now. They've vowed to bring it back so that it's it's just going to be company-wide. Here's how your people are using Microsoft 365, which is pretty much a useless thing. Um, they're using it or they're not using it. If you can't tell by employee, what are you, what are you looking at? 
<laughs> what does it mean? It matter. Um, but they they go went ahead and removed the individual productivity scores. Um, and I'll put a link up here as far as how that occurred. And uh, you know, I, it, it, again, another tool that companies might use to see if folks are actually working at home or not. Yeah, you get the ones that are working eight hours a day that are doing. Goldman's work, and then you know you got the ones that hey I'm home I'll just leave the computer on <laughs> I'll put a picture in front of the video camera of me <laughs> oh, like a cardboard cutout like they're doing the NFL um, yeah and you just touch the mouse every now and again so we'll put a link up here to that story but they've removed that per user productivity monitoring for now after privacy backlash guys you're working for a company there's no privacy expected just saying just saying. There's no privacy expected. Um, let's get back to your calls. We're going to go to Linda in Enfield next. What's going on, Linda? Um, two emails, an SBC and a Gmail. Is it necessary to keep two, or should I get rid of one? Um, you can do whatever you wish, and you can have two emails. Um, I have a couple email boxes. But I'm I didn't sure Bob know does which too. was more practical. Uh, it's just a matter of how much time you have to read all the mail in both your boxes, I guess. And, well, <laughs> half the time I'm deleting most of them. Exactly. I don't want them. Yeah, so if you want to make your life more easy, um, one mailbox makes sense. Okay, and is Google Pay safe? That's a tough question. I'm at the senior variety here, and some of my kids say use Google Pay. Others say no, just stick to your bank account and let it alone. Bank account? Well, I use my checking account. So, wait, you use a, uh, you're using a debit card? Yeah, no, the checking itself. Oh, you write a check, the old-fashioned yeah. way. Yeah. Okay, well, that's pretty safe. Um, Google Pay, I mean, I don't use it. Um, I just use, you know, credit cards, and it works beautifully. Um, okay, because, so again, if any... any what I was doing then. Yeah, any fraudulent things that occur on a credit card, basically you're not responsible for. I would right. tell you to stay away from anything that reaches directly into your bank account. Um, things like debit cards or any kind of technologies that allow for money to be transferred or ripped literally out of your bank account and given to somebody else, in my opinion, is not the best idea. Yeah, no, that doesn't sound good. <laughs> no. <laughs> not at so. all. Is it hard to eliminate like SBC? Is it hard to eliminate SBC, what, the email box? Yeah. Well, there's two ways to look at it. If if you don't look at the box, does it matter? Right? Oh, so if you I leave see. the mailbox out there, right, and let it just run. Like I have a Google mailbox that I don't look at. And it's not my mailbox, but it, I have one. as I have to have one because I have a, a Pixel right, phone. Right, right. All my stuff is Google too. Yeah, but in my case, I don't use that as our primary email. So I don't even look at it. I don't even care what goes into it. So do you care if something goes into your SBC box? As long as oh, there's I nothing that you're, you're using. Saying. Yeah, so as long as you're not logging it. in. Right, just ignore it. If you're not logging into anything, um, you can go ahead and try to close it out by going online, right? You can go on the SBC portal. Well, not the SBC portal. It's probably a Yahoo portal by now. And uh, do you know how to go on that? And Yeah. You could always try turning it off that way if you don't want to have it anymore. Oh, okay. All right. Well, thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. All right. Have a good holiday. You too, Linda. All right. Bye. But yeah, I always tell my kids when it comes to you know, paying for things, the good old-fashioned plastic always works. Let's go on to uh, Harry in Newington next. What's going on, Harry? Uh, I've heard you talk about this before, but since it hadn't hit me, I wasn't paying enough attention. Yeah. Uh, Windows 10, one of the stupid Microsoft automatic updates about a month ago, removed all my passwords. And now the, the computers won't register with 
new passwords or anything like that, uh, the new passwords or challenge questions, I enter them and they don't register and I have to enter the password every time. That was ever after a Microsoft maintenance update. When you talk about your passwords, though, do you mean access to web-based? Well, uh, Windows, yeah, Windows IDs, uh, who they'll save your IDs, and uh, sometimes uh, sites in the browser. save the ID, but they'll save the password, yeah, and that's yeah. all gone. Yep. Yeah, that's uh, that's all managed in there. I mean, you know, you can go into control panel and, you know, uh, deal with that, but uh, if they're gone, they're pretty much gone. You're just going to have to find them and then, you know, re-enter them. Yeah. Oh, I have no problem with that. I've got pages of passwords, and I re-enter them as I need them, but they don't stay, uh, the IDs and things, where I have to start looking things up every time now, and it's really a pain. Well, so, okay, so Bob's going to check to see where we can have you go look at that ma that maintenance, but it sounds like it's in your browser. This is all browser-based stuff, right? Uh, yes. Okay, so if you're using Chrome, or if you, what are you using for your browser? Uh, Edge. Edge. Are you, you're using the Microsoft browser. Okay. So basically, it's within that Edge browser that you're going to have to deal with that those security changes, and, Mike, and Bob is taking a look at it. But here's what I would caution you against. When you fill all that stuff in, that cache, if you ever get yeah. hacked or impacted, that's a great place to get your password, isn't it, for the bad guys? Oh, I, I guess it would be, except I would think they'd protect me from that, but maybe not. Wait a minute. You think they'd protect you from that? I got a bridge to sell. Oh, I'm sorry, I lost my head. <laughs> yeah, don't ever. I mean, don't ever assume that. Um, and, they, and when they, when it's not really that they can protect you from that. It's how do you protect yourself from that? You know, when you yeah. surf to any website without any kind of protection, like if you're not using OpenDNS and you find yourself googling something about something and you end up at some dark corner of the internet, when you end up in that dark corner, there's where they're going to harvest your information, and Microsoft has nothing to do with it because you went there yourself. Um, so be careful putting those passwords in your browser and having them saved for you. They, it's much safer. If you want to do that, put it this way. If you want to do that, Harry, um, get a Yubico key, get a two factor key so that if the password and the username is remembered by the browser, the second factor is a, is a phone or a key where the bad guy would need that piece as well to get into the, the site. Does that make sense? Yes, it does. I haven't heard of that, but uh, yeah, I'll have to look into it. I did put in uh, quite a while ago Advanced Systems Repair Pro, and that has a lot of security features, and it's picked off things that other security things would not. But uh, I've never heard of that before, but I believe you. Yeah, it's it's kind of expensive, and uh, I had some problems that nothing would pull off, and I put that on. It took them off in minutes. But it was kind of expensive. It was like thirty bucks every three months. Wow, that is kind of expensive. Yeah. Um, but it, it it just makes my point, though. Again, it, the fact that you lost those uh, credentials in your browser, it might be even Microsoft protecting you from you. Did you find any settings in there, Bob, as far as how to manage those? Yeah, he's got them. Yeah. So I put the link up. Uh, uh, how how do I find stored passwords in Windows Ten? You can find your Windows credentials and your web credentials. I don't have any web credentials on my computer stored. So. Right. We would not do that. <laughs> so it's right there. It's a little app. So then the link tells you exactly how to get there, and you can manage it. But I would okay. tell you to add two-factor, okay, if you're going to do that, Harry? Okay. Uh, the two-factor is in there also? 
Uh, the idea of a two-factor, yeah, we can put the Ubico key back up there again. But a two-factor could be your cell phone. So when you log into a website, they could you could probably you have to go to that site and say, hey, I want to turn on a second factor. And then you put in your phone number, let's say, and then it'll text you a code. So you're going to have to yeah. do something. You want to see, unless these sites you don't care if a bad guy gets into. Maybe that's okay. Maybe wherever you're going is not that critical. Yeah, I do have a veteran's health outfit that when I dial in and put passwords and all that, they demand to call my cell phone and yeah. uh, do a, a, another third or second level, and that's yeah. always worked. I never had a problem with it. Right. That's a second factor authentication. Exactly. Okay, but that's the only one. The veterans is about the only one that does that. Well, you you as a user can turn that on in many of these sites. So depending on where you're going, you can turn that on. It, the site's okay. not going to do it on, uh, automatically unless it's a really secure site, like a financial site or a banking site. Okay. Did you leave a link for where to find to turn this stuff on? Yes, we did, over at computertalkwithtab.com, Harry. Yeah, okay. Thank you. You're welcome, sir. Have a good night. You too. Bye-bye. So, yeah, be very careful about saving your passwords in your browser because if you get impacted by malware, they're going to try to harvest that information from your browser. We're going to be here till 11 o'clock. Feel free to get online, 800-966-WTIC, 522-WTIC, and we are live over at WTIC's Facebook page. We'll be right back. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, oh.